Hello and welcome to Unbounded Growth, a podcast that challenges you to grow and become a better version of yourself. My name is Mark Allen, and together with my friend Adam, we share thoughts and ideas from the books that we read and how they enhance our personal growth and development. We also host other readers and leaders. We learn from the experiences through our discussions. Our episodes here every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for listening in and let's grow together. Unbounded Growth. All right, all right, and welcome to Unbounded Growth. My name is Mark Alan Muteba. Happy Tuesday. I'm your host with my friend and co-host, Adam Shabindu. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Adam is joining me online today. We didn't meet in person, so uh, we are trying to see how this is going to work. So apologies in advance if uh, the sound is not coming out as good as it always does. Uh, please give us your feedback. We would like to hear how, how we this system work and uh, how we can improve this in the future. And we are also recording this on Zoom. After the meeting, we decide whether we want to share the recording or just keep it to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. The, the quality of your video is way better than mine. It's um, all right. Considering that I'm using uh, my PC. Yeah. And, I mean, we might, but like, um, yeah, but I wouldn't mind, but you you just look way better than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so I know you had you had a busy week. You had a busy week, a busy week of travel. How did that go? Oh, it was it was pretty good. Um, I uh, had a well, a very much needed break from a lot of from, from the research mostly, um, not from everything else, right? Because I I was still doing everything else. But as far as research research was concerned, I I just uh, took a step back. Because mm-hmm. the last few weeks have been easier, and then I've been just working under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So I just took a step back to try to reset, and then uh, I try visit. I visited Chicago and a few other cities up north. Yeah, it's nicer over there. It's not. It's not a hundred degrees, so it's well. It's summer. It's, you know, it's wait, really wait until nice. winter comes around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's actually pretty nice over there. Yeah, but we traveled there with my brother and. It was just um, a lot of traveling, and we just got back. So it's it's kind of it was um, yeah. It, for the past week was it was pretty fun. I don't know what what about you? How, how did we go? Man, it's, it's amazing. I, I just want to touch on something that you mentioned that I think is important. You went on vacation from the research, but not on vacation from everything. And I think that's very crucial and very important. Most of the times we we go on vacation and then we forget everything that we do. We we give up on our routines, we give up on our readings, we give up on our writing, we give up on everything. It's it's okay to take a break every now and then, but don't take a break from life. <laughs> take a break from everything else, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, my week was great. My week was great. Uh, I attended the uh, the wedding of one of my very very good friends. Uh, I went to college with him, and we've we've maintained a, a, an amazing relationship. His name is Muhammad Ali, so I always oh. I always teased <laughs> on him. He's Indian, by the way. So wow. I say Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Uh, he, he got married uh, last week. Uh, he's an amazing spouse. And just learning about, you know, the Arabic and Indian culture was, was you know, was a lot. was a lot to take on. So on Friday <laughs> night, Plamidia night, we drove all the way to Houston. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. Plamidia and I hadn't driven together for a long distance, like, since our honeymoon. So just oh, wow. doing that together... <laughs> Doing that together brought a lot of memories, and uh, you know, uh, coming back, they literally had I think two parties—one in Houston and one down here. 
And on Sunday, we went back uh, to Garland, where they had the remainder of the party. You know, it was so kind, of, did, kind of really did, great. Did you go with Adam Blaze? Yes, on Sunday we did oh, go with Adam Blaze, okay. <laughs> but on Friday we left him. Yeah, we couldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, is <laughs> you know I don't know. Uh, he doesn't like cars, so like he literally yeah. cried all the way <laughs> until the vehicle stops, and I, I wasn't I wasn't ready to take that for four hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so see, we, we left him. We left him. We left him here with, with his grandparents, but it was amazing. So we're still talking about the fifteen invaluable laws of growth. Yeah, before, and, and just before, well, just one second, just yes, before we, um, we, 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 we jump into it, uh, we just like to announce that this week we are receiving the Bora Scholar. Amazing. Uh, our first Bora, Bora Scholar. So maybe some pictures going to be shared um, through our social media mm-hmm. because uh, we should be picking, picking him up at the airport, I believe, on Wednesday. Yes, sir. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, um, it's, it's exciting to, uh, to finally see uh young man, a very talented young man to uh, get the opportunity to come to the United States yep. and to study at some of the biggest institutions in the world mm. uh, and do project and do his doctorate on a project that has the possibility also of changing the world and right. changing the face of medicine. Uh, so it's um, it's pretty exciting that to, to see that. Absolutely. And I mean, talking just about the Borough Scholars as well, there, there's still, uh, we, we got already four people, there's still six more, six more spots where you yes. can apply if you, you want to become a Bar Scholar and have an opportunity to pursue your PhD, especially if you're coming from Central Africa. You know, uh, one of the things that Bora is trying to do that we are trying to achieve here is to change the face of Central Africa. So if you're out there in Central Africa and you want to grab this opportunity, do not hesitate. I mean, it's a full right scholarship. Well, you know, what else could you ask for? Your school is being paid yeah. for. Your research is being paid <laughs> for. You are being paid to learn. You know, I mean, I'll take that yeah. all day and every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I was saying, I was saying before we, we, we dive into that, and I know we talk a little more about even uh, the Borough Camp, our uh, vacation camp that is coming in, in about 10 days for, for the second part, uh, starting on the 18th, right? Yeah, it, uh, it, should, it should be starting, I believe, tomorrow, actually. Oh, uh, tomorrow. This, yeah, tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. So uh, you still you still you still have one more chance to <laughs> to reach out and support a kid if you if you can uh, you can do that and that would be called, would be amazing. I just wanted to give a shout out to Paul Tamboy, man. Your comments on YouTube have really have really really been encouraging and thank you so much. I believe he's writing to us all the way from Brazil, and and we know the great job that you are doing there and the book that you're running you're writing about teaching people how to to learn languages faster. I think that's definitely one I would like to grab. Uh, I'm trying to learn Spanish with, with, with in my schedule, my busy schedule. I think Spanish is very, definitely very valuable to me, especially living in Texas, you know. And and, and thank you so much for, for your support and everything that you do out there. And thank you to all the listeners all around the world for everything, the encouragement, the support. This is episode number 10, and I cannot believe that it's been 10 weeks of faithfulness, 10 weeks that we've been together. Thank you so much for your feedback, both in public and private. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, again, we, we're still in our first season. We, we're planning to have about 15 episodes in our first season. We take a break for about three weeks just to evaluate, to to take a step back, you know, the law of, of pausing. We, we want to pause. We want to reflect. We want to talk to y'all. We want to listen to your feedback. We want to know what you think about this, how we can improve, and as well as we lining up our future 
future guests for the second part, for the second season. We start having some guests, both uh, live and both on, on, on the podcast, We're discussing with them some books. We have a lot of surprises. We, we don't want to spoil them right now, but we eventually talk about them when uh, the time will be right. And um, anything else that we had to announce? I know that we talked about the book. We talked about uh, uh, your trips update, which was a lot of fun. It was a long weekend for both of us. And then we also talk about the Bora updates. Now, uh, going going into the book, we tried to cover maybe four, maybe five. I don't know. We'll, we, we'll see how, how that we go. Uh, we still have about 50 minutes here before before we, we top the hour. And and these laws, they, they are pretty long. So this book is actually, he wrote the same principles in two books. The first one was, of course, the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And then he wrote a mini version of the book, which is called How Successful People Grow. Uh, the principles are the same. The lessons are the same. But it's a more condensed version of, of the 15 laws of growth. And last time, we stopped at the fifth law. Uh, Adam. Yes, we did. Uh, we stopped at the law of consistency. Motivation and we, gets you going. Discipline, mm-hmm, discipline keeps, keeps you, keeps you going. going. And today we say that we're going to start with the law of the environment. The law of environment. Growth thrives in conductive surroundings. And the sub, the, I like every, every, every single chapter it starts, it starts with a quote. And the quote he gives you, he said the first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be captive of the environment you first find yourself in. Now, the law of environment is a tricky law. Uh, the law of environment, we must say that, where you are sometimes determines how far you can grow or how much you can grow. But the twist side to it is that changing your environment alone will not change your life. Changing your environment alone will not put you in a position where you can grow and improve yourself. So the first thing that John Maxwell talks about here in the law of environment is that if you are always at the head of your class, then you're in the wrong class. Start by being around people that push you to be better and excel. And that's very crucial and important. Environment, the people that you surround yourself with are part of the environment. As a matter of fact, there is a scientific research that has been proven that as far as 90 to 95% of our decisions are determined by the type of people we surround ourselves with. You surround yourself with people that are very happy and very uh, energetic, are always positive, are always looking out for the best. Guess what? You catch on on that. You surround yourself with pessimists, people who are always seeing a problem in every solution. Guess what? You catch on that. So the first thing in your environment is to assess your surrounding. Yeah, um, here, when he talks about the law, the law of environment, he actually um, talks about a, a certain principle that, uh, that's wh- when I think about it, it actually just brings me to think about modern day America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, cannot, I cannot complain, like John Maxwell shared, uh, shared on this, in, in this part. He started with a story, first of all, uh, he talked about the story of a, of, 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 of a lady, her name is um, uh, Joneta, Joneta Maxwell, Maxwell mm-hmm. who had a terrible upbringing, a terrible environment she grew up in, right. but she didn't let that cripple her mm-hmm. into um, being basically uh, rough, roughless, if I can right. say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but she ended up actually getting a PhD afterward. And right. She ended up being like a big shot. Right? And the big, the big, the big twist of all her story is that she didn't get a GED until she was like 30 years old. Yeah, 30, exactly. Yeah, she, yeah, she didn't get a GED until 30 years old. And then um, projecting now on the other hand, on the other hand with, with John Maxwell, who say that he grew up in a, in a very nurturing family where he grew up around like so much love. He grew up just getting everything he needed. He's parents his dad was superintendent of like a huge organization huge mm -hmm. church organization so very well respected person very loving family and that's actually had a lot of uh, a lot of impact and uh, um if i can just share a little bit of of, of my story there mm -hmm. is that yeah like like john c maxwell um i i also come from almost similar similar situation mm -hmm. where everything that you need you get it Yeah. Um, everything that you need, mm -hmm. get the perfect education, get the best education you can afford. You, you get it, mm. you would get it. And, uh, um, the thing is, the, th the thing is that about that, it creates a certain comfort. Yeah. It creates a certain comfort and that comfort most of the time is, um, and, 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 and again, this is uh, on both the two extreme cases, right? right? Right. When when you are in poverty and when you mm. are in, like in the struggling and all, you get comfortable mm. in the minimalistic way of living life. Right. And then when you are, uh, I guess, quote unquote, privileges as, mm -hmm. as, as they say, mm -hmm. or you you have the opportunity, like um, parents can afford your college your college tuition and so on, and mm -hmm. now you have you get this great education, mm. you find yourself also getting easily used. Mm. to that type of environment and taking well. that for granted and, and taking that for granted mm. and then that that hinder growth mm. and that's where he actually comes come, comes down um uh, to talk about a time a, a time of a change mm. time for a change yeah when 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 you realize that that's um when you realize that you have just become the 100 fruit of your environment mm -hmm. Where okay, uh, in my environment, nobody has been has ever been to college, and that is the case for a lot of places, a lot of neighborhood in America, mm -hmm. where okay, nobody has ever been to college in this in this particular neighborhood, or right. um, uh, every girl get pregnant at 15 mm -hmm. in this neighborhood. That's the type of environment. And when John Maxwell here is talking about time for a change, mm -hmm. he's saying like, yeah, if you are excelling in a certain area as uh is as mark allen said if you're excelling in a certain area and you just keep on there's no competition and or there is no room for growth mm -hmm. you're always just you're just the top and you are leaving everybody else 10% down right or behind mm -hmm. uh it's time for a change yep it's time for you to actually start seeking hmm. for different ways grow and, and and you know it, it's so important that you talk about the uh the two different type of upbringing when when you know growing up and how much that can affect you in so many ways because we the the danger the danger in every in every situation whether you've grown in a place where you had everything that you needed or you've grown in a place where you liked a lot is the comfort that you find in it You know, are you comfortable with where you are? 
And if you are comfortable, is the comfort allowing you to grow? Are you are you able to grow in your comfort? And so John Maxwell uh, shares uh, a few steps to actually grow, move out of that in, in, in assessing your environment. The first thing he talks about here, he said that we need to assess our environment. Assessing your environment is that, does the current environment you're in promote your growth? You know, if you're in a job that no longer helps you to reach your potential, then it's time to move. The story, uh, one story I want to share is, is the story of my young brother, uh, Zephozi. He was working for a great organization in Eastern Congo, and uh, I, value, I value that organization, I value their CEO, and, and even the work that they're doing, you know, raising leaders for, for, for the next generation. But to some extent that all the work he was doing and everything he was doing, it, it hit a point where he was no longer growing at his full capacity. We, we're talking about our personal growth and development. We're talking about leadership growth. We're talking about salary growth. We're talking about the comfort. And I remember one time I was talking to, to him and he told me, Mark, Tony Mark Alan, I've been living in Goma. I was born in Goma. I was raised in Goma. I went to school outside of Goma, came back to Goma to get my first job. I think I'm getting too comfortable with this city that it's no longer allowing me to grow. So Zev started seeking out opportunities outside of Goma and everywhere he could get so that he can, he can at least expand on his leadership, expand on his personal growth. He went all the way. Thank God he got a job in Kinshasa in Western Congo. He told me it's challenging for me to be here. It's challenging to deal with the traffic every morning. He says, I have to be up in the morning at 4 a.m. If I was in Goma, I'll be up. Three hours after 4 a.m. I'll be, I'll be up at 7 a.m. and still be on time at work. And moving to a different city, moving to a place where he's not familiar, is not comfortable, has allowed him to grow to a certain extent. Because he told me that now I wake up at, 5, at 4 a.m. every morning. I have, I have a whole routine set up. I know when my breakfast needs to be ready. I know when I need to do my prayers, to do my reading, to do my thinking, to do my planning before going to work. And the time of transit, the time that I'm taking to get to work, allows me to listen to podcasts, to listen to preachings, to allows me to grow every day. And he said, I could not have found this if I stayed in my comfort in Goma. <laughs> so it's very important to assess your, 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 your current environment. The first step to change to, to growth is change. Until you accept to change, you won't grow. And maybe for you, it may not just be necessarily changing your city or changing your job or changing whatever. Sometimes it's even just changing the way you do things, the way you approach things, the way you learn, the way you, 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 devote, your, you, you devote yourself to, to your work. Now, the question that I wanna, we want to ask you today is, does your current environment promote your growth? Or does it hinder your growth? And the second one John Maxwell talks about here is change yourself and change your environment. Yeah, it's, um, it, it becomes very important to change yourself mm -hmm. and to change your environment. Yeah. John Maxwell puts a few, put, put a few, things, uh, put a few things down uh, when he talks about assessing your environments. Mm -hmm. He actually kind of like just pick on uh the the a little bit of on the low law of intentionality mm -hmm. which yeah, yeah. in this case here that i feel like kind of um when it comes to the principles of growth mm -hmm. the law of intentionality just this is just kind of my uh my own i guess deduction from uh reading the entire book and reading it over again mm -hmm. is, is is just 
the law of intentionality tends to be covers the most it all. important law. Like, yeah. Because it's covered, in in yeah, it's every single chapter, everything. it comes back. Yeah. Because when you are not intentional, when you are not doing things by choice, mm. because change or growth, in this case, because uh, growth is often associated with change. Mm -hmm. But change, which in this case is um, can be associated by with, with, with growth, mm -hmm. goes with a choice. Mm -hmm. It goes like I, I decide to change. I don't. I'm not just sitting around and wait for change to happen to me. And and that almost be, never happens. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I want to be the one who is actually putting the action mm. into the change. And in, and, and, and in that case, he's, he's talking about assessing, uh, doing a, an assessment of your environment. Right. Look at people around you to try to see. Like try to. Um, it's not. It, that's one thing that um, that's I I I think in this one I think I, I read it in um I believe in the book asking powerful powerful questions mm -hmm. uh, where he's talking about the idea of um, of judging mm. yeah you say that uh, we tend to we we have we tend to naturally just judge people by just looking at them yep yep that's everybody does it now mm. I will I will bring this question. In, in, in your environment, when you look around people around you, what type of judgment can you have on them directly? I'm not talking about stereotypes. I'm mm. not talking about negative effect that other people put on those group, that group of people specifically. Mm -hmm. What are your judgments mm. of your environment? Mm -hmm. Now, if you can answer that question, it can help you assess your current environment. The actual, yeah, the, 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 the environment. And that's when you can actually now make a choice. Mm -hmm. Should I change my environment? Or how? what can I do to actually make my environment mm. better for my growth? All right. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's very important. Can you change your environment or can you make your environment to better your growth? Sometimes you are just in the right environment, but you are not taking advantage of that environment to actually, yeah. uh, to actually <laughs> better, your, better, better your growth. Now, a few points here that I want to mention quickly before we move to the, to, to the other law, I think that would be number seven. It says change yourself and change your, uh, change yourself and your environment. It says if you change yourself, but you do not change your environment, Growth will be slow and difficult, and that that's only when you have you are in a bad environment. If you're in a good environment, you do not need to change your environment. The second thing it says that if you change your environment but you do not change yourself, growth will be slow and less difficult. Finally, it says that if you change your environment and yourself, growth will be faster and you'll be more successful. And 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 in the case in which John Maxwell was talking here was that you know he had to relocate from a city where he was assigned as a pastor to a different city, not only to promote himself as a person, not only to grow himself as a person, but to also grow as to grow an organization, to be in a larger place. I'll give you an example. If you want to grow an organization in a city where there's only 100 people, there's only 100 people that you can affect. If you want to affect 1,000 people or 10,000 people, you need to move to a city where there's 10,000 people that you can actually reach out to. And John Maxwell has had this amazing life where at some point he even had to relocate a whole company, his whole company. He had to relocate it from a city to another city just to uh, to, to foster the impact. I was finishing up the book of, of T.G. Jakes, Soar. 
where I think we, we talked about this, where it talks about the importance of learning how to launch a business in a place where it works. Sometimes your great idea may not work for your current environment. Sometimes your great business, if you just move it to another neighborhood or if you just move it to the city right next to you, can thrive a lot much better than it can in your current environment. The third thing, which I believe it relates to to people personally, is change who you spend time with. We cannot overemphasize that. And I think we've talked about this when we talked about the 12 pillars. We talked about this when we talked about the art of influence. We talked about this when we talked about eat that frog. Change whom you spend your time with. The reason why that's so crucial and so important is because who you spend your time with directly affect the way you think. And what you think, the, the, the reality with your thought is that your thought crystallize into action. And your action dictates your life. You start pausing some action. You start making some choices. And eventually, all those actions and everything that you do will start dictating the type of life that you have. So, you want to change today? Start spending time with people that will actually help you to grow and become better. Adam? Yes. Uh, here, there's, some, there's a point that... that um that John C. Maxwell talks about, and um, and I believe he's he, he's just talking about some research that that was done at Harvard in this case mm-hmm. uh, by, by by David McLean, mm-hmm. my client. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that according to to research by social psychologist the, um, Dr. David McLean of Harvard, the people with whom you habitually associate are called your reference group. Mm. This this is a very strong use of vocabulary here. Mm. The people are, which you associate to, they are called your reference group. Mm. And um, what do they say? So, in other they, words, people can refer to you by to just you. looking at the people around you. Yes, mm. yes, but the people around you—it's there's no magic in this one. That, and then I, I I just said it earlier that uh, we all tend to judge, right? Mm-hmm. So. They will judge your group. They will judge you based on the people around you. Mm. And he said that becomes a reference group. They refer to that group or they see, when they see you, they see the people around you. Mm. Or when they see the people around you, they directly see you because that's the, ref, the, 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 the point of reference. Mm-hmm. And he, he continues, says, and these determine as much as 95% of your success mm. or failure in life. Mm. We tend to take these things so lightly. The people we hang out with, we will not stop emphasizing on this mm-hmm. because it's, it's very important. If you hang out to thieves, you become a thief. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm. You know what they say, like the uh, the bird of a feather uh, flock together, flock together. together yeah. um, mm. if, if if I'm not mistaken, and mm. it's it's that it's it's the law of nature, mm. it's the law law of identification. As he says here, reference group, a reference group is mean it's an identity mm. that that you tend to have based on the type of people that you hang out with. 
And that's so crucial that you're talking about identity. Because I, I know uh, I've had this question twisted in so many different ways when people say, so we shouldn't spend uh, time with poor people. We should spend time with, with people, you know, who, who are not the same social rank of us. No, that's not what we're saying. What we are saying is what type of influence do the people you spend time with have on you? If you're spending time with, you know, with drug addicts to help them recover from their addiction, you're not doing anything wrong. You are helping them. You are influencing them. But if drug addicts be start influencing you into abusing drugs, guess what? Then you need to change your environment. So it's important to 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 really talk about uh, that. Like Adam mentioned, the identity. How do you identify with the people that you spend time with? And sometimes it's just so crucial to choose new people that you can spend time with, people that can challenge you, people that can tell you the truth. You know, I realize that a lot of us, one of the biggest problems we have in this generation, we are in the like, support, follow type of generation. We're in a generation where we want to spread more positive energy, where we want to spread more positive love, more positive, whatever positive energy means anyways. We want to spread more, more positive love, more positive vibes, and whatever that means, I don't know. But we don't want to tell people the truth when they're doing something wrong. And you want to find yourself in an environment where people are afraid to express themselves to you. People are afraid to tell you, hey, Adam, what you're doing is not right. Adam, what you said last time was not right. Adam, what you did in this city or to that person, to that man, the way you talked to that man was not right. Not only people who are cheering on you and supporting on you, but also people that can support you uh, by telling you the truth. The, the next point that the next point that John Maxwell makes here is change yourself in the new environment. He makes he has a few questions here that I think I'll just brush over them and, and ask them as we go. He said, when you get into a new environment, ask yourself, what are the strengths of the people around me? What are they learning now? What do I need from them right now? And whom have they met? What have they read? that I need to read and who have they met that I need to, make, to, to meet. Because sometimes one encounter, one encounter can change your life completely. So try to network as much as you can. Try to reach out to people as much as you can and spread love. Don't be the type of person who says, well, I cannot talk to this person on the street. I cannot reach that person uh, because of their skin color or their beliefs or whatever they, they're in. At some point, you know, I think Adam and I had this discussion where we, we both realized, you know, I think Adam was sharing with me the experience. I was like, man, you know, I realized one thing. I cannot change anybody. Uh, when, when he was still talking about his relationship and things of that nature, I was like, yeah, I think that's, that's a very valuable lesson because we don't have the power to change people. People change because they choose to change. We can influence them into changing, but you cannot change anybody without their approval. At some point, they have to give, unless you coerce your force on them and they fake it until they make it. But be careful about the type of people that you spend time with, but also assess what are the people reading? What are they, who have they met? What are the type of the things that they spend uh, their time on? Yeah, in, in, in this fourth point here, when you say change yourself in your new environment, one thing that I would take as a quick example is um, the transition from coming to a French-speaking country mm-hmm. to America, which is an English-speaking country mm-hmm. where the culture is completely different, in a the lot lifestyle of is different. Mm-hmm. In general, just things are completely very different. Mm-hmm. 
One of the things that people struggle with a lot in this country is the fact that I came from a French speaking country. I was the top student in my promotion, which means, let's say, I was valedictorian in, in, in the Congo. And uh, in, the, in the French speaking system, the exams were different, everything was completely different. And now you are here because of the, uh, all the changes you have to encounter or you have to try to adapt to. Mm -hmm. You are used to a certain way of thinking. You are used to a certain way of doing things. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and probably you were excelling in your previous environment mm -hmm. just because you were already just number one and everybody else is 10% down. Mm -hmm. So you did not have the type of competition that you had here. Mm -hmm. But now you find yourself, okay, only, let's say, in a program where only the top 10% of the school are there. Mm -hmm. Now you were really high from where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And now here, you are an average person mm -hmm. or even below average. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself in, 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 in that environment. And one of the ways that we have been uh, more or less successful to adapt to this system is uh, to actually try to not to just blend in because when people say blend in, they usually uh, put aside or they, they try to remove the fact that they have a history and they had a previous life that they were living in and in mm -hmm. previous environments they come from. Mm -hmm. But we try actually to assimilate some of the knowledge or some of the values and some of the uh, things in, that are important for this new environment that mm -hmm. we are in. Mm -hmm. And the sooner we figure that out, and mm -hmm. that is start by what? People who, um, and I'm talking to people who are just immigrants in America, and immigrants, that mean they are not students. Because students, you are forced to actually know the language, you are forced to, to, to go through school in America, mm -hmm. you are forced to go through everything. But people who uh, did not have all that pressure behind them. In this case, you will see the first thing that you change or um, that you try to challenge yourself with mm -hmm. is learning the language. Mm -hmm. And that creates a new adaptability to the new environment mm -hmm. that you are trying to, to grow in. Mm -hmm. And it, start, it just starts from there. You change, you, you start speaking the language better. Mm. You assimilate some of the, the cultures. Mm -hmm. I mean, you start celebrating Thanksgiving and get a turkey <laughs> and, and, and so on. Yes. And yeah, and, 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 and slowly but surely, mm -hmm. you're now able to adapt into this new environment. Right. And after you've adapted into the new environment, because you've set your priorities, right? You know, I want to learn the language. I want to get a better education in America. Mm -hmm. This is a new environment. I don't live based off of history. Because mm -hmm. I've seen so many immigrants in America telling you that, yeah, like, man, like today, I, I used to be rich. Mm. Uh, I, I, actually, it, 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 it's a saying, um, and this is, this is something, especially within the Congolese community, mm. that I have, uh, I've kind of just trying to push a guest. Mm -hmm. You see that all, like a lot, not, not all, like nearly most parents, mm -hmm. you know, immigrant parents, and, and by immigrant parents, I'm, I'm talking mostly about, about Congolese. And I think most other, other immigrants, it, it's also the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
they will go with the mentality telling their kids that, well, I had to leave. I mean, I used to be rich. I used to make good money. I used to have a very good life, but I had to leave all of that because of you. Or I have to, I had to, become, to come to America and be miserable mm-hmm. so I can give my family a better life, which mm-hmm. is not a bad concept per se. Mm-hmm. But what I'm also claiming is that you don't have to be in America and live a miserable life. Mm-hmm. You can be coming from where you came from, regardless of your age in this case. You can be coming from where you came from and come to this country and make an impact, mm-hmm. make a difference, and um, not having, not putting the pressure on the kids mm-hmm. to, to feel like, oh yeah, if we, we are not doing better, or if, um, I mean, Doing to do better is a good thing, right. but if anything, if anything, they, so they don't have, they have no right to even make mistakes in life mm-hmm. because they just live under this constant pressure in the pressure cooker mm-hmm. to produce successful results. Mm. And I, I've talked a lot to I've talked to a lot of uh, immigrants, uh, kids from immigrants. Even even when you know parents have have had kids here, uh, they still they still struggle with that concept. Uh, because sometimes, you know, it, I think it's a cultural thing. It's also at the same time a generational thing, the way uh, people in the past perceive things. But I think the takeaway here is whenever you get yourself in a new environment, assess your environment, learn your environment, learn the culture of the people, learn the language of the people. And that and that is not only regarding immigration, that also goes as far as regarding jobs, regarding, you know, uh, new cities, regarding a new business, even in new businesses. If you launch yourself into a new business, learn the language of the business. If you want to grow into that business, learn what type of, 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 of people, what type of people those people meet, what type of meetings those people go to. And, and, and I know people have a lot of opinion or maybe a lot of, you know, things to say about networking business, but some people actually make it into the networking business. Some people become very wealthy. And the reason is simple. They learn how the system works. And, and, and for most of us who haven't actually made anything in it, and, you know, we started two weeks later, we quit. It's just like, yeah, this is not for me. It's because we don't, we don't, we, we want something quick. We want something that will be solved tomorrow. And that most of the times doesn't work. In immigration, it doesn't work. In, in, in personal development, it doesn't work. Even when you're switching uh, jobs or career. Uh, moving on to the next one, he, um, he mentioned something here. We talk about it when we talk about another one of his books. Uh, it's called uh, Make Today Count. And and he talks about this here. Say, make the most out of today. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow is yet to come. All you have is today. And make the most out of it. And the last point that he talks about here, and, and I think this is something that um, uh, that that I personally that, that struggle with a lot, is moving forward despite criticism. You know, when, when you're trying to change, Change we always create action. When you try to change, you start, you know, making some action, and actions we always bring criticism to you. A lot of people in your environment, I, I always like to. I think Zig Ziglar talks about it. He say if you put a, a bunch of crabs in a jar and you open the top, none of them is getting out, because every time one crab tries to crawl to the top, others will pull him down. And, and, and a lot of times when you're in a certain environment and you're trying to crawl out of, of that environment, let's, let's say, for example, that you, you decide, you know, uh, to, to, uh, to, to go to school or you decide to quit school. 
because I know some people definitely need to quit school. They've been in school for so long. They, they've been going degree after degree and sometimes like, okay, what are you trying to pursue again? You know, but some people that need to better their education and that may not necessarily mean going to college. That may mean go to a technical school. That may mean go to a boot, uh, to a school uh, boot camp. And most of the times, the people that you've been with in the same environment doing the same thing we either pressure you to stay in it, pressure you to become better, or pressure you to stay in a state of mediocrity. And, and it's very important because criticism will always be part of life. So learn, the quicker you move away from criticism, the quicker you move away from what people are saying, people will always speak. And that may not, that, that, that does not have the power to change who you are. If people today start calling me names, it doesn't change who I am. So don't let the criticism of people, your parents, your family, or whoever it may be that is bringing positive criticism is great and all of us need it. But people who are criticizing you in order to discourage you, sometimes you you just learn to treat it as market noise. You know, if you've never been to Africa, one of those, uh, uh, maybe, uh, I think there's one of them in Grand Prairie. I forgot what they call it. Uh, there's this market, open market system in Grand Prairie where you pretty much come and buy stuff uh, at, at will. And, and you know, if, 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 if you've never been in a place like that, market noise, in, in the noise, there's a lot of market Everybody's trying to sell something. Thieves are trying to steal. You know, mothers are trying to make a living. Uh, officers are trying to do their job. And there's a lot of noise. And sometimes you need to go past that noise to reach your point and to reach to whoever, uh, wherever you want to be. One point John Maxwell mentions here, which I think is very crucial and important. They say, if you don't try to create the future you want, you must endure the future you get. And if you don't have a plan for your life, guess what? You're going to fall into somebody else's plan. That's what Jim Rohn used to say. And guess what they plan for you? Not much. So learn to move past the noise and continue to make a plan for your life. Adam, anything before we move on to the law of design? Yeah, it's, it, 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 it is very important mm. because people always criticize. Mm. That, that is something that you... Uh, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to personal development, when it comes... And sometimes... The people who are criticizing, mm. they are so important people in your life. So when I, when I talk about people mm. criticizing, I'm not just talking about your neighbors or somebody outside or mm. somebody online. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about your father, your dad telling you that, yeah, no, you you probably won't make it. That is not worth it. It's not worth while. Mm. Or uh, just discouraging you in as many ways as, as they can. Mm. And that can come within, like around, around your place. So you mm -hmm. have to actually be able to overcome those type of things and 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 and, and have a purpose, mm. have a vision, has a have a goal. There is something actually um, that's, that 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 he, he had mentioned even earlier in the book where he's talking about um, where when he was, I think it, it was the points number two that's like change yourself and your environment. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was talking about that um, you have to create the right air to breathe in. Mm. You have to answer the question, what keeps me alive? Mm -hmm. What purpose? What's the purpose? So one of the, one of the things that will help you mm -hmm. here rise above the noise and the critics mm -hmm. is the purpose you have. Yep, that's very important. So 
if that critics or mm. if that noise, it's mm. something that's going to help in your overall uh, process or in the or overall growth, mm -hmm. then it becomes something that's, uh, I guess, the English um, English speaking people call constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And that is a very important part of growth mm -hmm. because that is also called feedback. And, and and that's that's crucial that you mentioned about constructive criticism. And I think we talk about that uh, a little later when he talks about attitude. You know, how do you respond to what is being said to you? Because here's the reality. Some people may criticize you just to, you know, to really discourage you. But sometimes in the critics that people have, there may be some truth, you know. And, and one of my mentors, he, he always told me when when criticism is brought to you, this is what I want you to do. Listen to it. And check, check, do, do a self, a, a personal evaluation. This, this, what this person is saying, is it true? Yeah, if it's true, simply because it's coming from that person doesn't make it false or doesn't make it untrue, you know. Is what the person is saying true? If what the person is saying true, the second question is, am I aware of it? If you're aware that Okay, you know, this person is saying, for example, that uh, uh, Mark, Mark, you speak too much. Okay, I'm already aware that I speak too much. Yes, I'm aware of it. Am I aware of it? Yes, I'm working on it. Then I shouldn't bother with it. If I'm not aware of it, then the person is making me aware of something that I've never thought about. But if the person is just bringing in a criticism just to for the sake of it, then you can ignore it. But never just reject all the criticism just for the sake of it when the person who's criticizing you may actually be making a very positive and important point. Thank you so much, Adam, for, for sharing that. The next law here it talks about is the law of design. And I think this should be uh, law number eight. Seven or eight, Adam? Eight, right? This is eight, yes. Ah, law number eight. Uh, the law of design. The way I, I put my note, uh, I had it like S4. I was like, nah, this is this can be four. <laughs> the law of design. The law of design to maximize your growth, you need to develop strategies. If you don't, uh, Jim Rohn used to say, and, and I think I quoted this just a minute ago, if you don't design your life, uh, your own life plan, chances are that you will fall in someone else's plan. And guess what? They may have planned for you. Not much. It's important to live your life by design. I want I'd like to share an experience that I started doing a, a few years ago. Uh, I started waking up in the morning, you know, my routine of journaling and just writing down things. And I used to call that time, it was about 10 to 15 minutes. Every morning, I used to call it a life by design. What I used to do within those 15 minutes, I asked myself three or four questions. If money was not a problem, if time was not a problem, if skills were not a problem, and if location was not a problem, how would I like to live my life? And I'll start writing. I'll let my imagination go. I will think about everything that I could, I could imagine. This podcast was a fruit of that time, the life by design. You know, I say myself, well, one day I'll like to do A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. And over the years, a few things kept on coming back. Uh, things like public speaking, things like leadership, things like, you know, helping people and things of that nature. And eventually... I started seeing those stuff coming in my life. Now, I want to be very careful about what I say here. 
it did just just happen because I was thinking about it a lot or because I was writing about it. No. Eventually, I had to learn. I had to educate myself about a few things that I was doing. I had to learn a few industry. I had to learn coding. I had to go to college. I had to encourage things. But the reality is that everything started with a desire. Every, everything started with my thoughts, the way my thoughts were being controlled. Because the way you think eventually pours down in the way you act. You think in a certain way, eventually you start acting that way. And of course, you need to educate yourself. You know, today people are saying, talking about the law of attraction. And I think there's there's a lot of misconception about the law of attraction. I think we talked about it when we talked about the art of influence. They say, well, uh, claim it, you're attracted, think about it, you're attracted. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't always like work that way. You need sometimes to change. You need to adapt. You need to to learn. And the people who have made it to a certain level, the people who are doing the things that they want to do and maybe telling you about this, sometimes will not tell you the struggle that they went through to get to where they are. So things like that would be, but it all starts with the way you design your life. Yes. um, The... This to me again, I'm I'm a little bit biased also about this law. I'm an engineer by training. Yep. Uh, engineers are known are known as designers. Uh, sometimes we get confused with artists who actually you know make art or design things. Right. As we just look at um, what are the dynamics, what mm-hmm. are the mechanics behind everything moving. Yep. Um, what 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 actually define the motion? Can we control that motion? Mm. And that is. Uh, and if you read him here, you can actually make a translation hmm. into an engineering world. There is a book that I've been trying to write for for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Thinking uh, Thinking Like an Engineer in All Aspects of Life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the law of design mm. really just fits in over there. I'm going to give a quick example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I had a professor in, uh, in college for my mechanics of material class. Mm. And he was telling us about uh, basically um, there's something called the stress and, uh, stress and, 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 and strain curve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on a stress and strain curve, it has a growth. You get a, a certain point, it reaches a plateau where you can, regardless of any amount of force that you can increase, or with, or you can add your strain, mm. your material, gonna, regardless of zero forces added, mm-hmm. your material keep on getting strained. Right. Even as you unload, you keep on just getting deformed and you keep on getting, getting results. Mm. And he would compare that type of thing to um, a daily life activity, for mm-hmm. example, like um, getting married uh, or stuff like that. Mm. And, uh, and just to bring down the relevance of this, that becomes a strategy or mm. a way to communicate a certain topic that is very complex and very complicated right. into something that will be easier to understand mm-hmm. and to know. And that's the law of design mm. in, as a, in, 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 um, in, in, in other terms. It's, uh, it's basically creating and developing strategies mm-hmm and different methods right. in such a way that you can control the outcome mm. of that. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the AC in our house, mm. 
it is conceived, it designed in such a way that whenever we put the we put the set points, mm-hmm. the machinery gonna all work in our favor. Mm. The entire system, the entire machinery gonna work in our favor mm-hmm. in such a way that it hits that set temperature mm. that you put there. Mm-hmm. And that's again the law of design. Mm. And personally, that's the way I've been um I've just been living my life. Mm. It has made my life simpler, simpler to just be able to think about my PhD, what I wanted to do with my PhD. I knew that about three, four years ago. Mm. I knew um, I had the top schools for my program. I had all of those details. I designed a plan for myself with them. And of course, it won't always be a hundred percent accurate or a hundred percent working. Let me let me make but a point to that. Just Adam. the fact that you actually, yeah. yeah. Let me make a point mm-hmm. to that. You know, it, it won't always work a hundred percent. That's for sure. But you know, the, I heard this saying to just go uh, to 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 add to what you're saying is that you can hit. You have more chances of hitting a goal you have than hitting a goal you do not have. Yeah, and it's it's what actually John Maxwell here talked about mm. glancing backward, planning forward. Mm. It's uh based on on the experience, based on the small knowledge that I actually have mm-hmm. from the previous thing that worked mm-hmm. and didn't work. Right. Why don't I design, why don't I control the future? outcome mm. and it's uh, in engineering that's actually the basic that's the foundation mm. of engineering mm-hmm. based on what has already been observed mm. how do i engineer something how do i design mm-hmm. something that's gonna guarantee my outcome with something in engineering that we call a probability of failure and a lot of systems in engineering Mm-hmm. comes up with a probability of failure of 0.1%. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. That's been in, in the, the probability of failure, the opposite of probability of failure. It's called something called reliability. Mm-hmm. In in probabilistic design, when we, we talk about really re- reliability, mm-hmm. is that you have designed your system in such a way that at 99.99% chances, mm-hmm. it would work. Mm-hmm. And the 0.001% is when you did not have full control or any Mm. control. So a well-designed system, a well-designed life, it's when you can use your past experiences Mm -hmm. to engineer and create a method Mm -hmm. or a new technique, a new model in such a way that it guarantees success. And that goes on in every aspect of your life. Mm. That goes on for business. That goes on um, for relationships. Anything that you can think of, mm. it's directly it, it's um, it's it's it, it's somehow mm-hmm. based or linked with the principle or with the with with, with the, the the law of design. Mm-hmm. There is uh, um, I'm gonna quote here real quick um, is. Um, he shared a life lesson 
mm-hmm. life lessons. Like when, when he say he's saying that you should learn from life, life lessons, mm-hmm. he said most people allow their lives to simply happen to them. Mm-hmm. They float along, they wait, they react, and by the time a large portion of their life is behind them, mm-hmm. they realize they should have been more proactive and strategic. Mm-hmm. And that's again what, what, what I just said. Making a sneak peek, looking in the back, mm-hmm. looking at okay, what all have, has happened this year so far. Mm-hmm. And based on that, can I design a reliable plan mm-hmm. or a reliable system mm-hmm. for my growth so that's going to actually guarantee mm-hmm. to the 99.99% chances of success? And, and you know, you know, talking about that, uh, life, life is is definitely a lot more complicated than engineering. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's no. If there's one single formula, you know, one thing I like about engineering. Also, my my background training is also in engineering. One thing I like about engineering is precision. You know, precision to to an extent where one plus one is one plus one. There, there is no way you can go besides that. Life is on the other end is like a philosophy. There are certain things that you can apply to to a hundred percent and may not work to, for you, and apply other principles. You know, there's always those that liar. That's why, as Adam is saying, using your past experiences, what has worked, what continually works, and which which comes to to another point, which is very important, uh, even in engineering. The reason why engineers able to design system in such a way is because they are educated about it. They've done their research. They've collected the data. They know exactly how those these things work. And, and, and which Absolutely. brings to, to, to an important point in our personal lives is learning to educate ourselves about ourselves. Learning to educate yourself, for example, about what motivates you, what makes you sing, what makes you cry, what, what drives you, where are your passions? And, and sometimes... You know, some people, some people have the grace to discover that, that I, I've seen people who knew what they wanted to do with their lives when they're five years old. They, they were five years old. They say, yes, when I grow up, I want to be ABCD. And 30 years later, they are doing what they dreamt about when they're five years old. I cannot tell you how many times my dream switch from the time I was five years old to the time I was 26 or 27. Even after college, I still hadn't decided completely if I wanted to be an engineer for life. And today I figure out I definitely want to have the engineering knowledge, but I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't know if I want to be 65 and still be programming. I don't know if I want to do that. You know, the, the, the question is not if you have it all figured out, because sometimes we, we may feel under pressure that if I don't have my life figured out by 25, I'm a failure. That's, that's not true. That's not true. They, some, 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 someone like General Sanders, he had his last figure out at 65, created chicken, chicken, whatever it's called, you know. And I know it's KFC. not. Uh, KFC. I, I don't like it. <laughs> no, no offense <laughs> to people like KFC. It's just, it's just too greasy for my, for my life, you know. But he figured that out at the age of 60. And it's okay sometimes not to figure out. What is not okay is not trying. What is not okay is saying that because I haven't figured out my life by the age of 25, then I'm just going to let my life happen to me. No, you can start today by planning 
your tomorrow. Let's let's start today by saying, okay, this is what I want to do tomorrow. I want to do A, B, C, D tomorrow. You don't need to think about what you're going to do next week. You don't need to think about what you're going to do next year. Think about what you can do tomorrow. And eventually when you get tomorrow, you think about what you think about Thursday, you think about Saturday, you think about Sunday. And and, and that's how you start planning. When I started using a personal agenda to plan my days, I couldn't plan past four hours. I, I could only see the next four hours. But today, I was laughing at it with, with, with Plamedi last week. We were planning a dinner with a couple last month. And we we're planning the dinner like a month in advance. And and and, and Plamedi was telling me, man, this, uh, this couple that matters, I say, this couple literally needs to have a calendar in front of them before making any appointment. I told her, yes, because their life is so structured and organized that they are always making consistent changes. So... If you start today by planning your next hour, just write down, this is what I'm going to do, ABCD, like Adam was sharing with us last time, you know, just having a post note on your desk saying this week, these are the things that I'm trying to accomplish will actually help you. And eventually you start channeling your, your passion, you start channeling your purpose, you start channeling the things that you actually love to do, and eventually uh, you get there. Uh, John Maxwell makes a statement here, and I think uh, after this we probably move move to, to the next law. I'll just I'll just cite the point. You can you can check them in the book, and Adam will probably add something here. He said that live uh, life is very simple, keeping it that way is difficult. Being disciplined is not easy. But the only way you keep your life simple is by doing the things that are not easy, that are not comfortable. The second thing, it, it says that designing your life is more important than designing your careers. One of the quotes here that I think I've read it from another one of his books is that most of us spend most of most more time planning our vacations than we do spend time planning our lives. If we just invested enough time to plan the things that we love, like vacation, like, you know, playing with kids, like all things of that nature... As, as, as if we just spend enough time of that as well as enough time planning our lives and the things that we would like to do, actually doing some soul search, understanding what drives us, our motivation, we could actually achieve much more than than than, than we would if we do not plan it. Uh, the other thing that John Maxwell says here, life is not a dress rehearsal. You only live once, but if you work it right, once is enough. The two other points that he makes uh, in this law here. Uh, and just, just Go before, ahead. before, we, before, mm-hmm. we, before we, we, we pass from there, there's actually a quote that I would like to read when he, talk, he says that life is not a rehearsal. He mm-hmm. said, there is no warm-up for life. Yep. You get one shot. No at dress it. rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yet, that's the way many people seem to be treating it. Mm-hmm. Each of us goes on stage cold with no preparation and we have to figure it out as we go mm. along. Mm. That can be messy. Mm-hmm. We fail. We make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But we still need to give it our best from the very start. Mm. I'm going to quick, uh, just a quick, um, uh, it's not really an anecdote, but it's, it's just a a good experience. Mm-hmm. I took a very advanced class in, in food mechanics in college. Mm. Um, it was um, by one of the top food dynamists actually in, in the world. His name is Dr. Hussein. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hussein is he's at Texas Tech University. Mm. Dr. Hussein gave us a, a, an exam. He gave us three hours for an exam that will normally take 10 hours to do. Mm-hmm. He gave us only three. So we we were already we prepared because one of those fluid equations 
to derive uh, it's like 16 page long so you can imagine that we need 16 page to write be writing actually for 16 page and at the end um so we started taking the exam and, and of course we, we were challenged mm. we tried to fit everything and we have and that was just you have four more questions to go so we, you try to fit everything in three hours and you actually need 10 hours to solve the exam. Mm. And, uh, and the day he's correcting the exam and we, we are all complaining about it. We're telling him that this is not fair. He told us this. Imagine mm. you are on a spacecraft. Mm. You are going out of space. Mm. You are the chief engineer on that spacecraft. Mm -hmm. And now they just told you that we are losing pressure. Mm. Losing pressure means that the spacecraft is going to drop mm. in the free fall mm -hmm. from whatever place it is. Mm. Now think about it. Are you going to tell, tell them that, okay, I need 10 hours instead of three hours? Mm. Are you going to find a solution to get that going? to create that, so that's, uh, to solve mm. that problem mm. and with the shortest notice possible. Mm. So that is, uh, um, that in this case here is that, yeah, we don't get to warm up. We don't get to prepare. Mm -hmm. We just have to take it as it comes and move, and with move it. forward. It's absolutely, and I think that's very important. And it's amazing what 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 type of creativity the brain can come up with when when we are under pressure, and you know, and and exercising ourselves to put ourselves under pressure naturally is important. Like put some pressure on yourself before life starts push, putting pressure on you. Uh, the last two things that he mentions here, and I know we already crossed the top of the hour. We we get into one more law, and then we we let you go for today. And uh, one more thing he mentions here is that uh, in planning, multiply everything by two. Make sure that you always plan for unexpected. Don't 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 make plans for you know for just what you have. Don't if you you have something to complete in an hour, give it two hours. And especially when it comes to growth and personal development, and even when it comes to leadership, it's important to plan in advance because a lot of things take more time than the uh that 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 than we think. Uh, the last thing he talks about here, and I think we talk about it a little bit more in the future, is develop a strategy and depend on the system. Because our lives, and, and I think we talked about it last time, by the time we are 30, we, we are no longer using our brain as much as we do before, between the age of like, you know, zero to, to like, you know, 25, 26 age. The reason is because we have created these systems in our lives. And we kind of live on a pattern. I'll tell you, for example, one of the systems that we've created for ourselves that you may not realize. What is the first thing you do when you wake up? Check your phone. At least I know 95% of the people listening to this podcast, the first thing they do when they do wake up is check their phones, check their notifications, check their messages, check that. Who has taught you to do that? Yourself. And if you want to design your life in such as you adapt the habit of success, in such as you adapt, you know, if you want to keep your weight under control, if you want to keep your health under control, then you learn the habits that help you keep that under control. And that's why it's important to design and develop strategy and depend on system. And I think we talk about it more when we talk about atomic habits or the tiny habits. What are the habits that you can start developing today so that your life 
may follow the pattern that you want it to follow. Because the reality is that you don't choose, you don't choose the consequences of your action. You choose your action. You, the consequences are just a result of the choices that you make. So every time, I, I like this saying in English that when you pick one end of the stick, you pick the other end at the same time. So if you want to change the results, if you want to change what you are seeing, change what you are doing. Change the action so you can change the reaction. And he caught, um, he, he caught Michael Gerber here mm. uh, in the myth, in the e-myth. He says, systems permit ordinary people to achieve extraordinary results Absolutely. predictably. Mm. However, without a system, even extraordinary people find it difficult to predictably achieve even ordinary results. Mm. And I, total, I totally agree with that. I also do agree with that. Think about a, a, a simple thing that you can actually apply. And I read that in this book and I, I didn't think that I was already doing it. It's the <laughs> fact that if we go, if we are two people going to Walmart and I, actually today lines at Walmart were like, I don't know, surprisingly just too long. <laughs> and uh, actually every, every grocery store I went to, actually it was just way too long. Mm. And uh, what I did is like uh, I, I was with a few uh, with a few young men that I mentor. Mm. We were just getting a few a few supplies. I actually put every per, a, a different person in each, each line, mm. in such a way that if that line is moving faster mm -hmm. and we are already closer than this other line, mm. we are all moving all our stuff there. Right. It's called efficiency. Mm. It's, uh, and that's why we design systems. Mm -hmm. That's why we design cycles. That's why we design things to operate faster. Mm -hmm. Why? Because um, having just one thing that we try to think that is going to produce all the solutions we want is mm -hmm. different than having 10 things combined together mm -hmm. in a network to produce results. Absolutely. And that, that, so that... Create, creating this, yes, creating a system is mm -hmm. probably the, the best thing that ever happened to the world. Systems are the best things Absolutely. that ever happened to the world. And, and I mean, I was just saying that, you know, that, that goes along the way that of efficiency, you know, it, it says a lot about delegation. It says a lot about what are the things that you can do to help you uh, work faster, work better and do the things that you need to do. Even like when we talk about reading a book a week, you know, it, you need to create a system around that in order for you uh, to achieve that. Now, the last law we're going to talk about today, and we try maybe in the next episode or the next two episodes to, uh, to finish up this book. I know there's a lot more books that we want Wanna, uh, we want to talk about but we, we're not in a hurry we, we're going slowly and making sure that we learn we learn all the lessons that we can learn from here now the law this law is an interesting one the law of pain here's the reality growth is painful you know when Adam Blaze was born the doctors, they, they, you know, that's one, one, one of the benefits uh, I like about, about this country. I've never had any, any kids outside of this country, so I don't know how it works, how well it works in, in, in other countries. But the doctors, usually, they give you a lot of heads up. And, and today, we have Dr. Google that will tell you a lot. You know, why is my, my kids crying at 2.32 in the morning? You know, Google, someone will tell you something about it, you know. But the doctors actually gave us a lot of information. And they, they, there's one thing. They gave us some heads up. When we went for his, his fourth-week appointment, they told us between week six and week eight, kids go through this thing. It's called gross spurt. It's like they, their body grows a lot more between week six and week eight. 
than it does between week one and week four. I don't know how it happens. Their organs grow, they 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 are better grow, they start eating more, they start, you know, they start doing certain things. And because of that, kids become fussy because it's painful. It, it's not something that their body enjoys. So they'll they be fussy, they'll cry a lot, and, and we experience that. And they told us it happened, I think, twice, and then between week 12 and something again. And even when they grow up a little older, when they become teenagers, there's a lot of changes that happen when you, you, you go from 11 to 12, you know. For men, your voice starts deepening. You start having growing some beers. For women, you start growing uh, braids. You start having periods and things of that nature. And that change is usually not very comfortable. And, and that's what change is, the law of pain. Learning to embrace pain. Pain, John Maxwell says that it helps us face who we are. When you go through a painful experience, sometimes it pushes you to question a lot of the things that you do, a lot of the things that you've always done, a lot of things that you believe that, oh, I'm good with this, I know how to do this. But when you go through a painful experience, sometimes it helps you sit back and think, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Maybe I'm not, um, maybe I still have some more things to, to learn. And, and pain usually comes through bad experiences. And John Maxwell says a few things about bad experiences. He said that, Bad experiences. There are a few things you said you learn about bad experiences. And Adam, I don't know if, if we, before we jump to that, did you have anything to say in between the introduction and, and, and the bad experiences that John, John Maxwell talks about? Yeah, and in, in, in this case here, um, and just, just kind of to, to, um, to push, he, he talked about something called pain unimaginable. Hmm. Something that you, can, you, you cannot really... Experience. And he's talking about uh, the story of Cheryl. Mm. Uh, Cheryl, who was the wife of the pilots, who, uh, one of the pilots in, in 9 11. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Who was, well, who was leading the plane in 9 11. Mm. And, uh, and how she, you know, she, she kissed her husband um, goodbye in the, morning. in the morning. Yeah. And then just, yeah, just to hear that she would never see her, mm. him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he had exploded in, in, in an airplane and he would never even get a body to bury. Mm. So, uh, and, and the transformation, how she used that pain mm. now to actually bring a message of hope and, and to use that mm. to go change the world. Mm. And, and to just, um, and as, as you, you, were, you were already um, talking about bad experiences, mm. um, he said here in our quote to say, I've never known anyone who said, I love problems. Mm. But I've known many who have admitted that their greatest gains mm. came, came out of in the middle of their pain. pain. Mm. And 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 it's, uh, it's something mm. that 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 I usually call um, taking the ridiculous mm. and transforming it into the sublime. Mm. You know, it, 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 that's, 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 that's very, very, very crucial, Adam, that you mentioned that. One of my favorite scripture uh, is a Christian in the Bible. Uh, I, I love Romans 8.28. And I think this has helped me a lot to take life easy, to look at life on the positive side, side of things whenever experiences are painful. Uh, Apostle Paul says to the Romans that we know that all things work together for good. And I, I always choose 
to look at my painful and bad experience as things that are cooperating and working together to actually do me good. And a lot of times, so, a lot of times you don't see it right away. A lot of times you you go through a bad experience, you don't see the value of that radical of that bad experience right away. But if you keep your perspective, you, if you keep a good attitude, a positive attitude, you eventually start learning the lesson from that bad experience. You know, I I like to tell people that there are no bad days. There are good days and there are great days. That's the way I choose to look at life. A bad experience to me is a good day. A great experience to me is a great day, you know. And John Maxwell says a few things about bad experiences. The first one is that everybody has them. And there's a quote he makes here that that's actually I thought was funny that I'd like to share. He say, "I try to take one day at a I try to take one day at a time, but lately." Several days have been attacking me at once. <laughs> and I don't know if you, you've ever been in a situation where it's like, man, uh, I used to make this joke in college where people are like, hey, Ma- Mark, so you 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 in, in engineering school? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in engineering school. And say, you love it? I say, love. I say, are you good with math? I'm like, uh, I, I don't think I'm great with math, but I love math. I say, oh, that's good. That's a good start. But I'll always tell them the twist of the story is that math doesn't love me back. But that doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> as long as long as as long as I love my math, you know, I can do it. So sometimes days do not come at you the way you expect them, and sometimes they may even change your attitude. I remember when 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 Dad went to be with the Lord, I was challenged. I don't think I anticipated the pain and the challenge that I could be going through. For losing, for 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 losing him to you know, for, for I'll say losing him to the Lord, you know, but I never I never thought I'd anticipate that. And sometimes I'll talk to Plamidi and I'll react in a way that was not appropriate. And I want to make an important point here: do not allow your pain or your bad experience become a reason to change who you are. And I remember so many times I caught myself maybe not talking to Plummy D. Wright or maybe maybe be, being aggravated about little things. And I told her, I was like, man, I realize what, what this pain is doing to me. But I want you to talk to me every time you see me doing something wrong. And 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 I want everybody around me to hold me at the same standard. It, it's part of experience. It's painful. Uh, you know, it's so painful that in all honesty, sometimes I still find myself crying about it today. But I do not want that experience to make me a person uh, that I'm not. Uh, the second thing that John Maxwell says about bad experiences is that nobody, nobody likes them. I, I can promise you that. I'm one of them. Uh, do you enjoy bad experiences? If you do, then I hope you can start planning on them. But I know most of us do not want to have a bad experience, a flat tire, a crash in the plane, or losing money, or things of that nature, being stolen, someone breaking your house. Nobody anticipates that. And this third thing it talks about, about bad experiences, that few people make bad experience into positive experience. And this is what I was saying about earlier. I choose to have good days and great days. I refuse to have bad days because I know even bad days are just good, good days in disguise. And and John um, Zig Ziglar used to say one thing: accept the good, expect the good, prepare for the worst, capitalize whatever happens to you. Expect the good, prepare for the worst, but whatever happens to you, learn to capitalize on it. Yeah, and, and just in that, in that point, when he says that if a uh, few people make bad experiences, positive experiences, mm. 
in this case, um, he's trying to separate, a, he's trying to remove the correlation that people have put mm. on bad experiences and negativity. Mm. Mm. That's that's a good not point. just yeah yep. yeah not just because not mm. just because something bad happened to you that that thing is actually negative. Mm. Something we have to we have to actually uh, put in mind constantly. I love that and all the time. Yeah, that's profound. And we we shouldn't be taking things. Uh, we shouldn't be taking it personal. Mm-hmm. I think like for anybody who has uh, has actually learned anything about Buddhism. Where Buddhism is talking about the universal the universality of of suffering, mm, going going through life that, painless. Yeah, painless. Like mm. we we all suffer. We mm-hmm. all go through all those like a lot of suffering that 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 we experience. But then they say what creates that pain is the attachment that we have to the experiences that we have to to, to those experiences, mm. and, and and it's that. So we cannot be taking them always. Mm. As something negative, or as the world is against us, mm-hmm. or as uh, no, we have to find to be finding positivity mm-hmm. in those bad experiences. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we actually grow, and is the only way we actually become successful. Mm. All right, An and example. We, go ahead. Yeah, just to wrap this up, mm-hmm. we. You cannot change the past. You cannot change that experience that has already happened. Mm. And even if you dwell on it, that even if you cry as much as you can cry, mm. it won't change that. Yep. But something he say here, he says, success in life comes not, uh, in his quoting uh, Warren, Warren G. Lester, mm. he says, success in life comes not from holding a good hand, but in playing a poor hand well. Mm. When life gives you lemon make lemonade out of it that's 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 one, that's one of my favorite that's yeah that's actually a classic quote, uh, quote in america <laughs> that's that's definitely one of one of my favorite one it's it's always easy to say until until really life hands you lim- lemons <laughs> and you you True. know you try to make a uh, lemonade out of it so don't don't wait until it happens before you start doing it uh, it's the best time to, to do it is now now i'll end up with we just citing up the points that he talks about here about how to turn your pain into gain he said life is not the way it's supposed to be it is the way it is The way you cope up with it is what makes the difference. And and John Maxwell here is is quoting Virginia Satire. You know, life, it is what it is. It's the way you deal with it that makes the difference. And John Maxwell also says that to a large degree in life, you get what you expect. Not always, but most of the time. So why would you always accept the worst? (laughs) You know, expect the worst, you know. So that again goes into developing a positive stand, developing a positive attitude, always expecting the the best. Prepare for the worst, but always expect the best. The second thing he talks about turning your pain into gain is embracing and developing your creativity. How do you, and that the, the, the quote that Adam just talked about here, your life has handed you lemons. Use your creativity 
about using those lemons to turn them into a lemonade. A lot of great sellers' books out there were actually written out of the pain and experiences of some people, the things that they went through and decided, you know what, I can write about this and this can actually be a story that can encourage someone in the future. You know, one more time, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine. I think it was Zef that I was talking to my young brother, Zef Jose. I was talking to him. And 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 we had gone through something. I think in Nairobi, we we had gone through a lot of struggle. And and at the end of it, when I, I moved here and he finished up his degrees, I met. You know, this experience has taught us so much that we can actually write books about it. You know, and and just choosing to always look alive in a positive way. Uh, the third, fourth, and fifth point. The third point it talks about embracing the value of bad experiences. What can you learn from your bad experience? Uh, I know someone is probably saying they're nothing. Yeah, there's probably a lesson that you can learn from from your bad experience. Uh, the fourth one he talks about is say make good changes after learning from bad experiences. Your choices always lead to either a pain of discipline or a pain of regret. The choices you make today will decide whether tomorrow you're going to say, okay, I'm 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 going through the pain of going to the gym and accomplishing and achieving what I want to achieve. Or I'm going through the pain of of not going to the gym and being the way that I do not want to be. And the last one, which I think is one of the most important one, and we'll probably talk about it when we talk about Brian Tracy's book, No Excuses, it says take responsibility. Take responsibility. I love what Adam says. A negative experience, a bad experience does not have to be a negative experience. It can be bad all it wants. You know, life happens to us and, and sometimes we do not choose the things that happen to us. But what is your responsibility? You may not have any responsibility at all at with what at, at what uh, regarding what has happened to you someone came and robbed you you probably don't have any responsibility someone came and, and kills a loved one you probably don't have any responsibility over that but you know what responsibility you have over is your attitude is your response how are you going to respond to that are you going to take vengeance are you going to forgive are you going to love them more are you going to do something more positive regarding that so regardless of what it is that you are going through regardless of what has happened to you are you taking responsibility or are you saying you know uh the world is going to the end and i i don't want to deal with any of this it's somebody's fault it's my parents' fault is the government fault is the IRS fault. It's always the IRS fault, you know. Are you blaming someone or are you taking full responsibility for what you're going through? Adam? Yes. So you have to be actually able one one of the things that's actually even mentioned here uh, in that is say a bend in the road is not the end of the road mm. unless you fail to make the turn. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's very important when you are making good changes mm. after learning mm. from bad experiences mm. is that just because there seems to be a dead end over there mm-hmm. or in America, since the roads are always under construction, <laughs> just because there's... Especially in Texas. <laughs> Telling you that that part is under construction, mm. it doesn't mean there's no detour. Mm-hmm. There's detour. Just find the detour, and you reach your destination. Absolutely. And I think I think that's what I have for the end. 
Absolutely. And I think that's what we are, we are going to leave you with today. Uh, remember one thing, regardless of what has happened to you, regardless of what is happening to you right now, are you taking responsibility over your attitude? And if you had responsibility over what happened, are you accepting your responsibility? And what are you learning from these bad experiences? What are you learning from your bad decisions? What are you learning from your bad choices? What are you learning from everything that has happened to you? Take that. Take, take your loss with you, but don't dwell on it. Take your pain with you, but don't dwell on it. Regardless of what has happened to you. And some of this pain are so painful that sometimes it's hard to express, to explain when you haven't been through it. But the reality is that if you cannot change it today, there's one thing you have control over, you. There's something you have control over, it's your experience. There's something you have control over, it's your attitude. There's something you have control over, it's your response and your, your reaction. It's with that that we'll be leaving you today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for having uh, stuck with us here for another hour and a half for this podcasting on Bonded Growth. As always, if you have any questions... Do not hesitate to email us at info at theunboundedgrowth.com. Again, our email is info at theunboundedgrowth.com. We are also on Instagram. Uh, follow us on Instagram if you are on there to stay up to date with all our notifications. We are on YouTube. If you are listening to us on YouTube, do not forget to click the subscribe button and turn on the notification bell to always keep up with all our notifications. And of course, if you are listening to us on any of the podcasting um, uh, platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or whatever you're listening to us on, let us know. Write to us. Tell us where you're listening to us from what you're learning from us we definitely love to hear from you again uh, remember this is our first season we run up to 15 episodes and after that we take a little break we're about three weeks and we get into the second episode we appreciate and always value your feedback thank you so much for joining us have a wonderful remainder of your week and as always god bless you